Remember the kid everybody ignored on Valentine's Day? Loser. Well, he remembers you. God, we were so horrible to that kid. What do you think happened to him? Happy Valentine's Day from Horror on the Rocks. On tonight's episode, Frank and Joe debate the best water death scenes in horror and review 2001's Valentine. They're coming for you, Barbara. Look, there comes one of them now. <laughs> Welcome! Okay. Happy Valentine's Day! And to you too, Frank. And happy Valentine's Day to all of you listening. Yeah, welcome to our Valentine's-themed episode. We, uh, like we mentioned last time, we're going to be reviewing... Bah, 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 what movie? <laughs> oh, God. Valentine from 2001. <laughs> so based on how Frank is saying that, I can tell that you loved it. It's, it was everything you thought it'd be. It is time I will never get back. <laughs> Whoops, got a little excited. Um, I uh, but, uh, spilled some of my cider on me. Let's uh, keep it going. It's all good. They don't know. They yeah. don't, why do I even say that? They can't see us. <laughs> Joe, there are regularly things you say that I don't know why you say because the listeners can't see us. The power of editing. <laughs> but um, anyway, we have a fun episode planned for you tonight. We got some horror news. Um, we have a fun list of uh, horror scenes that take place in the water. So yeah. So water kills or water attacks. Death scenes, attack scenes involving water. And we went with that because there is this really famous, I guess sort of famous. Famous for to even, you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a more well-known scene from Valentine involving a hot tub. So It's like, probably the do? longest killing in the movie. So Yeah. Yeah. Um, but before we do that, let's start this episode as yeah. we do all others. Joe, what are so you drinking tonight? So my drink on the rocks is El Chavo. It is a uh, cider and it is infused with habanero and mango. It's delicious. It's a Blake's Hard Cider brand. Really, really tasty. Um, it's got this nice smoky flavor to it. Uh, I like it that it's not incredibly sweet. So it's a little bit more on the tart side. But it is delicious. So what about you? What do you got? Uh, I'm boring tonight. I'm going by the old standby, the Bullet Bourbon on the Rocks. Okay. It needs no introduction, needs no explanation. Uh, if you haven't had it, go try it. Uh, before we get into horror news, mm -hmm. a couple corrections from last episode. And I'm proud to say, I think... Almost all of them are corrections that you uh, have caused. What? What do you uh, mean? You called Hot Fuzz a sequel to Shadow of the Dead. Did I though? Yeah. It's a follow-up. It's not a sequel. Yeah. Um, we are, One of us referred to the actor uh, Lorel as Loray. That sounds like something I would do. And the one that we butchered the most was <laughs> our discussion and excitement about Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark movie coming mm. out. We talked about another children's scary book. Totally different book, <laughs> yeah. a compilation of also scary stories. Also a really stories. good book. But yeah. yeah, we were talking about the girl with the ribbon around her neck and uh, in a dark, dark room, which is from the book In a Dark Dark Room and yeah. other scary stories not scary stories to tell in the dark I, which is making me realize like I kind of want to go back and revisit some of the like the scary stories to tell in the dark books because um, I loved them as a kid but I clearly don't remember them <laughs> no well. during our discussion yeah. what we thought was scary stories is actually different books and I don't even know if I've read I think I have, but have the you, other ones stand out more to me from In a Dark, Dark Room. Yeah. So I got to go back, I agree. And I feel like I remember the artwork 
Uh, it was this black and white, yeah. like, I don't know if it was pencil or watercolor, but um, that is definitely very vivid in my mind. Um, That's actually a good segue to some of the news. So they released some teaser trailers yes. for the movie based on scary stories, right? During the Super Bowl, yeah. yeah and, and you and posted some on our Instagram. Yeah, I went I went online and found, like, the highest quality uh, pictures of the characters that were in the teasers, put them on our Instagram. Um, they look really awesome to the, you know, I was a little bit like, uh, Guillermo de Toro is producing, not directing this. I wonder if it's going to have his kind of like visual spectacularness and they look awesome. These monsters look effing yeah. crazy. Like, yeah. um, the, uh, some other horror news I wanted to talk about. Um, we got, since the last time we made a podcast, they put a treat teaser trailer out for what is effectively going to be Ghostbusters 3. Mm. Um, Jason Reitman, who is the son of Ivan Reitman, who directed and produced Ghostbusters 1 and 2, is making, and, and Sony is greenlit, a basically continuation of the storyline from the first two Ghostbusters. They put out this really cool teaser trailer where it's the music from the old Ghostbusters and it kind of slowly zooms into a barn and all of a sudden you see like, uh, there's like a car that has like a... A tarp cover on it and it blows and it's ecto it's it's uh the car from ghostbusters i was super excited but yes are they ignoring the whole f all female reboot or continuation that came out a few years ago with kristen wig and leslie jones yes and Melissa mccarthy it, it does appear that they are and i think something important to kind of acknowledge in that is that the new movie this 2016 uh, all-female Ghostbusters is not a continuation of the original story. Like, Bill Murray has a cameo in it, not as Vankman. It's not, it's it's totally different universe. And the mo the new one that's coming out in 2020 is being um, definitely directed, possibly written as well, by Jason Reitman, who is the son of Ivan Reitman, who directed and produced the first two. So, and you might remember a couple years ago when they greenlit the all-female cast one, there's been a Ghostbusters 3 in the works forever. And it's always been this problem, like getting Bill Murray to reprise the role, or getting a script, or getting a studio back and forth. And then right before they greenlit the 2016 one, suddenly it, it looked like they had some steam. It looked like they were... They were Gonna, Jason Reitman was going to get to make this movie. Paul Feig, Feig, I can't, yeah, I can't remember his name. The guy I'm that did sure. uh, Bridesmaids, mm -hmm. and who's actually the skinny camp counselor in Heavyweights. Um, really? Yeah. Fun fact. Yeah, fun fact. He, you know, he puts together all the female cast, writes a completely new script. It's in, or you know, a, a completely new universe, and makes that movie. Um, now Jason Reitman is finally getting the opportunity to make this movie, and Leslie Jones is. Pissed. She's not having it. She tweeted, and this is her tweet, not this is not her language or my language, this is hers. She tweeted, so insulting, like fuck us. We didn't count. It's something like Trump would do. And then she puts in Trump quotes. So I'm gonna do my best Trump voice. Gonna redo Ghostbusters, better with men, will be huge. These women ain't Ghostbusters. And then she says, Ugh, so annoying. Such a dick move. And I don't give a fuck. I'm saying something. Is this is this Alec Baldwin doing the podcast with <laughs> do you like me? My or Trump? Is it for, I mean, I didn't know who I was listening to. You really uh, got into character there. Yeah. So, and then I've, or Jason Reitman said, I have so much respect for what Paul created with those brilliant actresses and would love to see more stories with them. However, this new movie will follow the trajectory of the old film. So, hmm. You know, I, I understand her being upset. Obviously, that was a movie that they set up to make more of. It 
did okay. And I I was there with bells on, with my popcorn, opening weekend, ready to love that movie because I love Ghostbusters. I watched the first two at least once a year. Yeah. And honestly, like, I Not didn't love it. And I was really ready to love it. I didn't think it was that great. Um, I think they kind of overdid it with the CGI. So I'm really excited for this new one that's a continuation of the old one. All right, we'll, we'll see it. what happens with that. What um, else is going on in the Yeah, world? so also during the Super Bowl, we got a trailer for the CBS is making a new Twilight Zone. Yeah. It's going to be hosted by Jordan Peele. Right, that right, looks right. super excited. Yeah. Um, I am could not be more disappointed that apparently on November 28th or November 8th of this year, Warner Brothers is putting out a movie called Doctor Sleep, which is a sequel to The Shining. Mm. I just leave it alone, man. Seems like, unnecessary. Don't do that. This far out after the original or the first one coming out. Why? I mean, and then there's some big name actors. Money. In it. Yeah, that's why. Um, another little piece of horror news. Last time we did a podcast, we talked about kind of the slate of movies that we expected to come out in 2019 yeah. that we were excited about. Since we last talked, Sundance happened, and there's a bunch of movies that have gotten greenlit from Sundance. Yeah, what um, do you got there? Uh, one called Little Monsters, starting starring Lupita Nyong'o. Is that Nyong'o? his name? Lupita Nyong'o. Yeah. There um, you go. Which the basic premise I've got of this is that she's a school teacher and has to defend the uh, uh, you know school children against zombies. Um, it's, it's more gotten, of like a dark comedy. Yeah, like it doesn't have horror elements, but it looks like it's more of a oh. yeah. It's, it's zombies at its base though, so it's definitely gonna have yeah. horror elements. A movie called Sweetheart, uh, starring uh, Kiersey Clemens. Uh, it sounds like she's lampooned on an island and there's a monster on the island. This movie's getting really high. Uh, reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. Hmm. A movie called Hole in the Ground is coming out uh, about... It, I Sounds think like a, the streets in Philly. <laughs> Hiya, these potholes. Man, okay. To be Time check. Them? Joe got his first pun in on the episode. <laughs> so I'll, I'll drink to that. I'll oh, drink thanks. to that. I could do better, but um, it's a start. premise for that one is uh, Mama's Kid. Kid goes into a sinkhole and comes out different. Um, oh. So um, another one called Wounds, starring Army Hammer and Dakota Johnson. Um, it sounds like there's some sort of um, social media element to this movie. It's some, I, th- I think it's about a possessed it's cell like a phone. phone. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, but apparently it's supposed to be really gross and really disturbing. Ooh, so, so we'll be there. Yeah, sign <laughs> me up for yeah, that. Sounds like our and movie. And then the one that they're saying could be like the hereditary of this year is mm-hmm. called The Lodge. Um, I not, don't know much about it other than. Um, the characters are trapped in a lodge in a snowy environment and horror movie ensues. Yeah. By the time this podcast is out, the uh, Chucky movie, I know. the trailer is yeah. going to be out. There's a teaser that either came out today, today's February 7th, or maybe tomorrow, but it's coming out in the near future. So by yeah. the time that we get this episode out, I think the trailer will have been officially released, which I'm really excited about. Yeah. In addition to that, actually, there's really no relation, no segue. Um, There's this interesting article that I read that I want to tell all the listeners about. Um, It's in phillymag.com. It is uh, about a Philadelphian, actually. Her name is Ashley Blackwell, and she co-wrote and co-produced a documentary called Horror Noir, um, which is all about exploring the history of black people in horror movies. So she dives into the exploitation of black individuals um, and just how they're portrayed in these movies. She's the founder of Graveyard Shift Sisters, which is this website devoted to um, 
different horror movies and the representation of black individuals in those movies and yeah. different Spe- issues related to that. Specifically, the, her website. I spent some time on it today yeah, because um, this documentary sounds really interesting. Yeah, so it's, it's only on, going to be on Shutter, which is which the streaming site through AMC. You can get a, um, you can get like a free like a week free of it. Yeah. So I think I'm definitely going to sign up for it to watch this. Yeah, I would love to watch this. It sounds I'm... really interesting. Her website, uh, Graveyard Shift Sisters, is specifically towards black female horror fans mm-hmm. and trying to, I don't know, just, I guess, explore kind of the uh, kind of neglected history, I guess, black female characters and black female horror fans have experienced in horror movies. Um, the documentary, the the horror noir documentary, sounds fascinating. I know a little bit about kind of the landmarks in black horror cinema. Like, obviously, I know that Dwayne Jones's character in uh, Night of the Living Dead was yeah. uh, was a hugely monumental moment having a having a black lead actor in a movie in the 60s like that or in a, in a horror movie at least um and then obviously the 70s black exploitation kind of movies yeah um, i think she's in touch upon a lot of the uh troubling sort of uh yeah negative representation of black individuals in horror movies yeah. to where you know we saw get out for example a few years ago that um perhaps things are changing a little bit in the horror yeah. realm. So, yeah. So, Ashley Blackwell, if you are listening, we would love to have you on the show. We'll talk about the doc. Uh, we'd love to have you break down a movie or do a list with us. Um, I think it's but... good just to hear different perspectives from fans that aren't just... I feel like a lot of horror podcasts out there or websites, it's just a bunch of white dudes, straight white dudes, that are kind of just, you know, giving their take. So it's always beneficial to get other perspectives. Um, the more movies like Get Out and hopefully Us and, and the more kind of, the more movies that are diverse and inclusive like that, the more we're going to get interest, more interesting stories and, and stories that we can predict less and that's good for society and that's good for horror fans. Just, if, we're yeah. getting, if we're getting new perspectives and new kind of... And um, more just like fleshed out, characters and aren't just stereotypes one dimensional you know yeah. on the screen for three minutes and then killed yeah real quick frank before we dive into our list there is a movie that you mentioned to me initially and i actually watched it the other night it's called velvet buzzsaw what do you think of that on netflix eh. yeah <laughs> i'm not saying to go see it but it's out there the cast is incredible yeah it's tony collette jake gyllenhaal renee russo it had some moments that were interesting. Yeah. I thought it was trying to it was trying a little too hard. It was trying to be something that it, was a cool it didn't premise. really know. Um, so it's about this, you know, painter that created these paintings and he has died and then whoever assumes a or whoever, you know, gets a painting or profits off a painting, you know, bad things happen to that person. So yeah, yeah the premise is interesting cuz you don't see a lot of horror movies take place in the art world necessarily. Yeah. But um it was. It wasn't all there for me. Yeah, something was off. It was. So it was done by the same guy that did Nightcrawler, which yeah. also starred Jake Gyllenhaal and Renee Russo. And, Russo. and that movie's awesome. Not really a good. Movie, more like a thriller kind of. Uh, I don't know drama. It that's really good. So I had super high hopes from this. I also like anything that's kind of about the art business because it's this weird world of people assigning value to things that you know don't 
only have value because other people say they're valuable or unique or special. Yeah, so, it's so arbitrary. I was, you know, and, and all the characters in the movie are super weird, super LA type art scene. And the premise of, you know, the haunted art, basically, I was like, all right, I'm yeah, with that's you. That's kind of I'm interesting. And then it just sounds like an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode. Right. I yeah. feel like they've probably done something like that already. Yeah, just my, saying, this movie might maybe would have uh, worked better in the. The half hour format, yeah. but it, it was interesting. I would actually go say see it, uh, or I would say go go ahead and see it. But I was a little disappointed. It felt like a chore to get through towards yeah. the end. But I think anyway. it's like the newest like horror thing on Netflix. So check yeah. that out if you're bored. Um, so let's dive into our list. So again, our list today is going to be death scenes or attack scenes um, in horror movies, scare movies involving water. So yeah. again, from Valentine, there's that hot tub scene, which got us thinking, hey, what other scenes in horror movies have there been where water was, you know, yeah. the backdrop or the setting or involved water in some way. Yeah, I uh, wanted to do a list of just the my top three worst scenes in Valentine. <laughs> but we I was figure... like, let's save that for the actual discussion. <laughs> yeah. Plus, can we really limit it to only three? Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> and then I thought about doing scary movies that you loved growing up that, <laughs> that don't hold up when yeah. you watch it as an adult. Yeah. Um, but... I digress. So what's the first one you have on this uh, list? First one I'm going to go with uh, is from Sinister. Um, and it is one of the scariest scenes in that so movie. So messed up yeah. and terrifying. So Ugh. if you've not seen Sinister, it's is it Ethan Hawke? Ethan, Ethan Hawke Hawk yeah. is a writer. He moves in a house. He finds all these 8mm films. And of course, these films have murders on them. Ugh. And basically in this scene... There's two children, I believe, that are tied it's a to family. Like, it's four. Yeah. I just rewatched the clip actually because yeah. I was trying to remember whether it was sinister or insidious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's like a family of four, and they're tied to uh, like pool chairs, and they get pulled into the pool, and they start drowning. Yeah. And then the reason why I picked this scene is because Sinister has like an evil spirit, a, a boogeyman of sorts in it, and he is in this grainy footage in the pool, so yeah. you can see him, and it's one of the first like str like good looks at his face but it's through ripples of water and i'm getting chills talking about it it's really disturbing uh, i've seen it once and that was enough i don't know why i just rewatched the clip now because now <laughs> i'm just having like yeah. bad thoughts of it but uh yeah that's a good one um so i gotta go with psycho i gotta go yeah, with the shower the scene shower psycho scene. iconic iconic scene janet lee jamie lee Curtis's mother i mean that movie or that scene um is terrifying it was really i think controversial at the time when the movie was released it really um created fear i think yeah for, in people to shower yeah um it kind of <laughs> it created fear in people to shower yeah. <laughs> so no one the, was showering the whole after nation dirty people like no but i think it was maybe up until that point it seemed like a pretty innocent safe enough thing to do but then you see this scene and it's like oh my gosh so yeah what's safe anymore but uh yeah that's just such an iconic terrifying scene for my second one i'm gonna go with i had to pick one from jaws yeah and i'm i'm not gonna pick the the first one like the dunna, dunna, that, the uh -huh. very first one the one in that the one in that movie that scared me the most is Quint's death Robert Shaw's character okay. when the when the shark breaches the boat and starts sinking the boat and he slowly like he you know uh, he, they're holding on to each other's arms and Robert Shaw slips down and he and he goes into the shark's mouth that that is also the scene of that movie that I think of when I think of Jaws um, just because like it's 
it's the best look you get at the shark. Yeah. And now it looks so animatronic, but it scared that shit out of me as a kid. Yeah. Did yeah. you? Were you afraid to swim? After uh, watching Jaws, I'm still afraid to swim in the yeah. ocean. Anytime something hits my leg, as I'm you like, wear, oh, as you wear a polar bear plunge shirt, right? Yeah. Now, so well, luckily, sharks don't like uh, cold water. Says so. you. Yeah. Oh god, <laughs> I'm running in the ocean in, uh, next weekend. So are you doing it again? I do it every year. Oh man. Yeah, it's uh, it, they do it in Sea Isle in New Jersey, and uh, you like donate. You donate ten bucks to like autism research, yeah. and they have they have like the coast guard and lifeguards, everybody and wave runners. You got to run in well, a specific good luck area. To you. Watch out for those cold water sharks. I, oh, <laughs> don't Is you, that even don't, a thing? Don't put it in my head. Fact checkers, fact checkers. Um, <laughs> all right, my next one is from one of my favorite horror film series is um, Final Destination. So I love. I don't even remember a water scene okay so from the final destination which is the fourth in the series there's five total from the fourth one there is this pretty cool crazy scene where uh one of the girls is in her car at a car wash and the car's starting to malfunction and she sticks her head out of the moonroof in her car and she's in the car wash and the conveyor belt and the big like scrubber thing is coming right at her and you're like, oh my gosh, is she gonna lose her head? And ultimately, she survives somehow. Yeah. But um, it's just a great scene. And what I love about the scene and just the movies that they don't really take themselves that seriously. Uh, but that scene, um, not that it ruined car washes for me. I don't <laughs> really go to car washes. I've seen your uh, car; it's kind of dirty. <laughs> I mean, a little bit. But you know, I just wait for the rain. Um, Certainly creative with ways to kill people. They've ruined a lot of things. In that um, movie, in those or they make me think twice. You know what? They've really ruined for me. So from Final Destination Two, it's the highway scene where there's the car accident. I will not drive behind a large truck that has so in the with the logs it had it had a bunch of logs. Yeah. If I see like a large truck on the highway, which is nope. like whole lot of nope. or, or even like the ones that are carrying the cars to a dealership, I will not follow. I will go around because I just think back to that scene mm-hmm. and it has scarred me for life. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Yeah. So what's um, your next one? For, this might be stepping out of the rules of the list because the person doesn't die. Okay. But the final attack scene in the original Friday the Thirteenth. When decomposing uh, Jason yes. Voorhees jumps up and grabs the counselor out of the canoe. Now, she wakes up in a hospital bed, and they're like, we didn't find anybody. So yeah. she doesn't die, but that is one of the most iconic horror scenes I can think of that takes place on the water. And it's so unexpected, too, right? Like, you don't... Yeah. It, it, it seems like it's going to be a happy-ish ending, Well, because right? I think at, then... at that point, and again, if we're spoiling Friday the 13th for you... If I mean, you haven't watched it by now, yeah, I mean, come on. Because the, the killer in the movie is his mom yeah and that's who they're that's who you know they have the final that's a huge of, twist yeah the, the final kind of showdown with but then his body comes yeah. up and gets them yeah, yeah. um so it's it's not really expected and uh yeah it's uh, again that's what i i think of that scene and then there's a scene where uh one of the campers gets an arrow through their head through the bottom of the mattress those are the two scenes that i think oh, of. wasn't that kevin bacon it was kevin bacon yeah, yeah. those are the that's what i think of when i think of friday the very young kevin bacon yeah. what do you got for your last one okay so my last one <laughs> do not make fun of me is anaconda <laughs> the entire movie not, yeah. not a specific scene the entire it's movie true. They're takes on the place river in a river we got this scary ass anaconda uh, that's going after them and they, a young j-lo a young ice cube yeah j-lo ice cube john voight is in it yep. he's not that young but he's with in a ter- it john voight has a terrible accent in that movie 
What is his accent? I don't. It's like I don't know what it is. Yeah. But he's like talking like this the whole movie. Yeah. Like, it, like it doesn't. Where do you think you're from? <laughs> I don't know. Um, Italian but... Amazon riverboat captain yeah. or something. <laughs> but all right, that wraps um, it up. So, so shall we dive into yeah. Valentine? In, in honor of Black History Month, we are going to talk about a movie with the whitest cast. I could, I don't oh. think there's a single person of color in the movie. There is a, I believe she's Vietnamese. There is, oh, um, the Dorothy's trophy wife? Yeah. stepmother mm-hmm. is a, um, plays this kind of stereotyped, uh, uh, mail order bride from, I believe Vietnam. Yes. She, she's made, called a mail order bride. And then there is bride. a Hispanic maid. So this movie yep. of the people of color that they do feature mm-hmm. are just nope. stereotypes. Nobody African American. That's for sure. all the main players though, are all very white and very bland. Yeah. And just, <laughs> there, okay. I think so, there's a rule of writing this movie oh, is Frank, each character could have no more than one dimension. You must have some movies from when you were a teenager or a child growing up that you just really loved and for whatever reason. Yeah. And Valentine was a horror movie that I remember really enjoying mm-hmm. and finding to be entertaining and kind of scary here and there. So that's why I was like, oh, perfect for the season, for the holiday. Rewatching this movie now. It's painful. Oh my gosh, so <laughs> bad. Really bad. By the way, so, so bad. if you haven't seen this movie and you have a Roku, you can watch this movie for free on the Vudu app. There's um, ads in it, but you can watch it Did you it watch free. it for free? Yes. I paid $2.99 plus tax Joe, for I this movie. Joe, I told you you could watch it for free on That's Roku. That's so complicated. I was like, I don't feel like downloading stuff. <laughs> I just like the... Com- By the way, YouTube is great for renting movies. Yeah, it is. It's, it's super phenomenal. convenient. And they so, have everything. hey, YouTube. Yeah. Um, sponsor us though <laughs> but yeah so this movie anywho um i loved as a kid or teenager it came out in 2001 so i was what ninth grade yeah um and yeah every watching as an adult does not hold up but yeah it was uh directed by jamie blanks who the only other thing that he's really ever done is urban legend urban legend which is another movie that you love <gasps> what was the last time you watched that one don't i don't even know if i want to revisit it for the fear of just not liking it anymore i watched and realizing it that it break. doesn't hold up i watched it over christmas break with my sister it's, it's it's like a little better than this it's I don't, I almost just want to leave it alone and just kind of preserve that love for it. Fun fact, Blanks did an interview and later he said, this is his quote about this movie. Forgive me for Valentine. A lot of people give me grief for that, but we did our best. He hasn't directed a lot since. (laughs) He talks about Valentine like it was like a drunken night at the bar where like he, uh, (laughs) he embarrassed himself. And you know what's a shame is that. There's so much potential with this movie too because it's a no like the plot isn't like I think there's a lot to work with like it's an it's a silly plot but like you yeah. could, it could have been great so it's about these this group of girls who are just really mean to this boy Jeremy Melton and the opening scene is from a school dance Valentine's dance in 1988 and Jeremy asks one girl after the other in this group of friends to dance with him and they all say no but they are really mean and nasty to him. And then one girl is making out with him under the bleachers. They get caught and she claims falsely that he was attacking her. So that kind of sets up the premise. Now we're in 2001 where all these young, 13 years later, all these young girls are grown up and the opening scene features the death of 
Catherine Heigl. Which is really, I think it was before that she was in anything. I read online before that Before like, Knocked Up, before Grey's. They had like a, I didn't realize she, that show Roswell, she was on that. Apparently they had a yeah. very short period of time to film those two scenes with her in the beginning because she had to go film Roswell. Oh. But she's on, the movie opens with Catherine Heigl on a date with this guy named Jason, I, I don't know what his last name, it starts with an M because it's the same initials as the kid they tormented in school. We'll get to that later. Jason talks in the third person. Jason talks in third person. He goes, yes. he goes, this hard to get shit doesn't play with Jason at one point. And then like, he's like, Jason likey. Jason it. needs to shut up. <laughs> Jason's so annoying. I watched this movie. My girlfriend's like, was talking in the third person a thing in the early 2000s? I was like, it's a thing in this movie. Yeah. His, that scene where they're on I don't know if it's like a blind date or a setup date, but they don't really know each other. It's clear it's a first date. Is is quite possibly the worst overacting I've ever seen on film by, by the Jason character. Oh, it is horrendous. Do you think that was intentional though? I mean, it is, but like it is, it is to I the point it... of being stupid. This movie is, oof. I mean, it's honestly it's pretty rough on women stereotypes, and the men are all the oh men my are God. horrible. All of the men are completely one dimensional as a sheet of paper, and they are one kind of douchebag, or they're just scumbags. <laughs> yeah, well, they're all. I don't think there's a single likable male character in no. the movie, and they're all specifically one kind of tool we get the talks in his third ter- person tool we get the uh the womanizing of, detective the womanizing detective the sleazy artist yeah the uh marrying the trophy wife dad we get scary gary who we have a lot to talk about scary gary but yeah. we'll get to him um so this scene so the date goes terribly wrong yeah and <laughs> she but Catherine heigl is like well you know what it is whatever it's really late i better yeah. go to the morgue before she goes to the morgue though yeah. when the date ends she he like oh, he yeah. kind of like aggressively is like what no kiss for jason yeah and she's like nah and leaves he immediately turns around she and hits on a waitress praise <laughs> like, on this other it's yeah, unbelievable un- as you were saying though katherine heigl gonna go get some work done in the basement more yeah what better time to go than you know 11 p.m she's by the, yourself she is the so we have i'm trying to think of like their female friend group it's like four or five characters including her maybe six so she's she shelly she's the brain shelly she's the only one that there's any discussion of her occupation all these women are like in their mid to late 20s and she's in med school I don't believe there's any reference to anybody else having a job. So if you were paying attention like I was, Kate <laughs> is a newspaper writer. She writes oh, for the newspaper. Okay. That's how her Oh, that's Adam right. Met. She says we work for the same yeah. newspaper. All right. The rest of the characters, though, just Dorothy lives at her dad's house. Uh, Denise Richards professionally walks around in tank tops. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, we don't know yeah. what the rest of them are. But yeah, do. and the, you know what's funny is the other characters are kind of salty. Like, oh, yeah, we haven't seen... Catherine Heigl's character is... Shelly. They're like, we haven't seen Shelly in a few years. She got very into med school. Like saying like, so we got very into blow and we couldn't hang out with them anymore. Yeah, like, sorry. She was like <laughs> furthering her career yeah. and like wanted to go get an advanced degree. Yeah, so she goes for the, the basement after hours, which this this scene where she's in the, the basement morgue um, trying to work on the cadaver very much reminded me of Flatliners where the students at this med school just seem to have access to like bottom of the building medical equipment and area yeah. after hours in the there middle of the night. There seem to be so many problems with just easy, such easy access to bodies in a morgue at this time of night without any security, without anyone else super... She's a med student. I don't think you can do a 
you can perform an autopsy alone as a med- just just an assumption. Yeah, I don't um, know what she's doing, but but this movie doesn't have to make sense, right? No. They don't have to. <laughs> and actually, of all the things in this movie to take issue with. The basement scene is is probably one of the best scenes. It's like a classic slasher movie setup. She's alone. She hears a noise. She goes, checks out in the hall, yeah. comes back, goes to cut into the cadaver, and it breathes. She's like, holy shit, it's a live body. She turns around. She bumps the cabinet. The cadaver she was going right. to work on falls out of the closet. But, so the one part that you miss is that she goes, she hears some noises in the locker room. There's a guy in there. He's like another student. He leaves. She finds a valentine card valentine's card in her locker did you say that uh, i no, i didn't say okay. that i don't remember you, that though <laughs> so you really stop paying attention like 10 minutes <laughs> this was like one of the earliest scenes in the movie joe so I, I wasn't like I, I watched the movie i wasn't prepared to dissect every oh, every well, single frame when i watch i have my notepad <laughs> out i am watching very diligently no but so she gets this valentine in her locker and it pretty much alludes to how she's gonna die. So it's it's this really graphic Valentine about how like you're gonna die by getting your throat slit, and ultimately that's what happens yeah. to her. But the one room that's open that she can hide in is the room <laughs> where they put cadavers. all the where all the yeah, cadavers are in the body bags. And I guess kind of I don't know what would you do in that situation. So she hides in one of the body bags. Yeah. I don't know what are, what other options are there really. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I probably wouldn't have gone into a room that didn't have an exit out of i'm sure there's stairs down there say that like, now frank when you're in the moment uh, i mean <laughs> so she gets it um oh by the way she calls it ch- cadaver chad the whole time yeah and she just has the face <laughs> exposed and yeah. she finally covers it up but yeah, yeah like uh, have some decency cover the face up you know yeah so then we get a cut to um i don't know what's next it's the present day so they're at shelly's funeral Yes. And um, that's how we meet the rest of the characters. So yeah. there's Kate, who's the main character. She's sort of the final girl. She's, She's... played by Marley Shelton, mm-hmm. who Marley Shelton has, I think, a special place in uh, a lot of guys my age's heart. She's Wendy Peppercorn from The Sandlot. Oh. Yeah. I yeah. was thinking of her uh, from Pleasantville. She yeah. played the girlfriend of the other McGuire. Thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. The other thing that I randomly know her from, she was in a movie where she was a pregnant cheerleader that was trying to do a bank robbery. Mm. I don't remember what it was called. Sugar and Spice. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah, yeah, what it was yeah. called. So we have her. She's been in a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, um, and it was also Grindhouse. The um, She was in that. She was in uh, yeah. Zombie Planet Terror. Yeah. 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 So she's in it and she's um she's gonna be one of our main characters. Then we have Denise Richards playing a character called Paige. Yes. Um uh, She's sort of the the wild friend. Yeah. So Kate is, you know, like the nice popular one. Paige is kind of the uh the rebellious one that yeah. wears tank tops all the time <laughs> uh, i guess good thing they're in like a warm climate area. yeah then there's lily who's the yeah. funny one and then dorothy as she calls herself she was the fat one mm-hmm. um so that kind of dorothy is the one who in the opening scene actually does dance yeah. with uh the the boy and also accuses him of you know of of attacking her yeah, basically yeah. and when the kids and then carry him with the punch bowl right like, you know they yeah. soak him they rip his clothes off in the middle of his valley really awful waste but so punch. they're all grown up and we're at the funeral and they're all like oh my god you know uh Catherine heigl's character is dead 
Um, and we we get we at some point around this we learn that uh, Marley Shelton's character Kate is dating David Boreanaz, yeah. whose name is Adam, I think, in the movie. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and the only like setup we get for them, help me. Let me see if you got the same thing I did. They used to date, had dated for some time. And we're on a break because he of was his drinking problem. Because he was a drinker, which of course he's at the funeral. There's a bottle of tequila in his car, but babe, I haven't been drinking. I'm clean. Like right, yeah. Okay. There's some there's some real lame excuse about who it's for. It's not for him. It's it's like a gift for someone. But yeah. Just hiding underneath, you know, some newspapers in his car. Yeah. So there's definitely some trouble between those two, but they're kind of off and on again. Yeah. We, um, we meet the detective. I think we... Do we meet the detective at the funeral? Yeah, so the Who's going to be looking into Catherine Heigl's death. He's this real skis bag that's very into Paige. If we're going to talk about Paige, we need to talk about how they randomly go speed dating. Kate and Paige go speed dating. And, all, of course, all of the guys that they are speed dating with are completely one-dimensional stereotypes like there's a nerd there's like these people are completely uninteresting and then finally there's this guy at the end that kate is kind of vibing with he's like this handsome guy and denise richard like leans over like the booth to start hitting on the guy while kate is on the speed date she knows what she likes she'll get her 30 seconds with him she knows what she wants um yeah, and actually that's what's really funny about this movie is that it really explores the different types of dating back in the day. Not that speed dating doesn't exist. It's not as common now with, you know, yeah. online dating and apps and stuff. No, they... What I love, though, from this movie, though, is this a scene where in the, op- in the earlier part of the movie, Paige and Lily are roommates. Lily is watching tapes of guys. Video One dating. guy in particular... And this was a thing, and I started to think about it. I kind mm-hmm. of remember this, where I guess you would make a videotape of yourself or something and send it to people that you were interested in. So I think there were like services. My understanding of video dating, obviously not having lived during this era, is that basically, and I think it was mostly like you kind of think about Bumble, the way women drive the shit. Basically, the guys make a little video talking about themselves and send it to the service, and then women can go and, and request the tape. There's actually some really funny YouTube videos. Like if you Google like bad speed dating videos, mid 90s, of dudes like, hey, I'm Kevin, I like to surf, I like yeah. to travel, and uh, I love Italian food. They explore yeah. every possible way to date in 2001 in this movie like meeting people going to singles events a video dating speed dating which is another thing about this movie that i I, like let's talk about this real quick Uh, the these characters are their concern with finding a partner and like dating doesn't really seem age appropriate these are women that are in their mid to late 20s and their obsession with like having a date not like oh it's like there's no conversation like you know we're getting older like we need to get married like that kind of stereotype it's more so these women just like want to have a boyfriend in like a very kind of way that you usually see with like high school characters or maybe like college characters and i read uh, that uh Hmm. this movie was actually based on a book and in the book they are college women so which still is kind of a dumb stereotype but like I, I think don't know. that mentality can still 
carry through into your 20s and 30s and i i'm sure it does and it can but like the women the women in this movie i thought were depicted in like uh <laughs> as poorly as the men are depicted i thought the women were also depicted as kind of like immature sort of mm. one-dimensional really focused on having a date for this big party that's going to be at dorothy's dad's house yeah which should we talk about i mean everyone's just pretty much unlikable um <laughs> in this movie yeah but... at, at some point we learn that dorothy lives with her father and his his father's mail order girlfriend uh in their mansion yeah um and that she is dating some guy named campbell that she met at yoga Right, and then he essentially moves in within a month or so of knowing each other. Yeah. And he concocts this story of how, you know, his roommate, like, kicked him out or he lost all of his stuff yeah. or whatever as a way to kind of get it. And you then learn that he has this pattern of, you know, yeah. latching on to uh, wealthy, wealthy women, women to yeah. just kind of take yeah. advantage of them and their the money. Thing. He doesn't move in as, like, hey, we're dating, like, we should live together. He moves in as, like, hey, I'm that hunky guy from yoga with the tech investments. Yeah. And uh, I just happen to need a place to live. Do you have room in your dad's giant mansion she that I can eats live? it up. She's yeah. like, oh, sure. Yeah. Stay with me. Yeah. And yeah, it's no problem. But and again, then... like, she's down for it. And then later in the movie, they end up debating, like, okay, which one of these guys that we know is trying to kill us all and she is so defensive of him like right like, again that... like a much younger woman or girl would be of of a guy that she does not really know like, yeah so let's go back to dorothy she after the funeral she goes home and she gets a valentine another crude graphic valentine that is this time signed by jm and it's like ooh, who's jm and then simultaneously or around the same time lily gets a box of chocolates also from a JM with a Valentine that's a little crude. And she bites into it, and it's filled with maggots. So they all start talking about, you know, who is JM? Where Who is JM? And then Paige is like, oh, remember Jeremy Melton from middle school? <laughs> the kid that we tormented at the yeah, Valentine's Day. And, and then it, it's kind of dismissed. Like, no, he couldn't do this. Where is he? Is he even still in the area? It couldn't be him. Well, little do you know, it is Jeremy Melton. But... Is Jeremy Melton who they think he is? Has he maybe changed? Has he bulked up? So like we were saying, when there's this point, because they're all sort of seeing different men and they're trying to wonder, well, like maybe one of the guys we're with is JM, is Jeremy Melton. Um, Dorothy is like very defensive and is saying, no, no, it's no. It's not it Campbell. But it's, it's like, well, you've known him for less than a month. Like, yeah. how well do you know him? It could be him. Yeah. And then she accuses um, Marley Shelton's character. Well, how do you know it's on Adam, David Boreanaz? And she's like, oh, no, I've known him for a while. He yeah. has, you know, his parents are you know, alive, and they learn that Jeremy Melton's parents have died. So she's like, it can't be Jeremy Melton. Yeah. The guy that Shelly was on the date with in the opening scene, his initials are JM. Yeah, so his name is Jason Marquette. Marquette. So they're like, oh, JM, Jer so Jeremy So the movie's Melton. trying to be real smart here. They're trying to be like, ooh, let's throw off the viewer and make yeah. him think, is it Jeremy Marquette? Who obviously it's <laughs> not. He's not This the movie was so bad that I for a little while did think it was him. Wow. Because I was like... Is it so bad or does that mean it was so good <laughs> no, that you fell like, for it? There's no way it. that a good movie would make the killer that obvious that early, but I actually considered it as a possibility yeah. for Valentine. Um, there's also a scene, Kate has a neighbor in her building named Gary. Gary lives across from the elevator, mm -hmm. and for 
as creepy as a number of men are in this movie, he is by far the worst. He, first of all, he opens up his door and he hits on her in rhyme. He's like, hey, Kate, want to be my date? And maybe my mate? Like, he is so skeezy. And, uh, of course, later we find him in Kate's apartment trying on on Kate's underwear. And then he says he does have some problems. So for that moment, I did feel kind of bad for him. I was like, oh, maybe you are going through some stuff that you need to, like, work out. But the killer, who, by the way, we didn't even talk about the killer. So the killer wears a Cupid mask. The same mask that is featured in the opening scene school dance. Not by the killer, though. Another kid at the dance has this mask Because we know what Jeremy Melton looks like because we see his face. Someone else is just wearing this mask. So I guess when Jeremy Melton's grown up and he's going on this killing rampage, he's like, ooh, what can I wear? (laughs) The other Um, thing we know about the killer is he gets a nosebleed when he kills for some reason. What was I going to say? Oh, yeah, there's that scene where Marley Shelton's taking a shower and then she runs out of water. We need to talk she about this. She dunks her head in the toilet. I'm screaming she, at the TV. Was that the scare? Was that the most scary part of this movie? <laughs> Unintentionally scary. Well, I am. I am I, screaming at the TV. You moron! You moron! There's clean water in the back of the toilet. Like you don't have to oh. dunk your head in the damn bowl. Would people know that generally? I don't think. Do I you would. not know that? I mean, I don't think I would have went to the tank versus the bowl. Yeah, have you never had to like fix a toilet that wasn't? I know how to properly? shut the water off. Here's how That's a toilet my extent works. Of toilet Joe. Clean water comes in. That's your a house different podcast. <laughs> that is not what this podcast. No, is like for. yeah, water comes into the toilet. So you would have dunked your head in the tank. That's clean water. Like there's nothing. Like it's oh, it's dirty man. to the extent that like I don't know. That's not a. It, the, the top of the tank hasn't gone through the dishwasher I just, recently, but it, 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 fecal matter hasn't gone through the cavity. I would just leave. Oh, I would just God. leave the shampoo. I think in my hair. I don't think I would even dunk it in the toilet. And like it, like I'm go a to bit a of friend's a house. Go to a friend's house. I'm a bit of a hypochondriac, so like. I, like, if I felt like I had to do that, I would immediately buzz my head. She's got long hair. Yeah, that was it, real it, nasty. Oh, my God, so gross. Um, immediate, very shortly after that, um, they go to the art gallery scene, which I think would probably be my number one with a bullet worst scene in the movie if we're doing lists. Um, with the, the video art gallery scene. Oh, it was so... Oh, my God. It was God. very velvet. And it was like um, women over here, men over here. <laughs> yeah. And then my favorite part More of this More heteronormative, you know, just uh, themes coming through this movie. I'm like, okay, this is like L.A. There's all <laughs> sorts of people. Why are you just assuming it's going to be a bunch of straight people, men here? Because it's all about like setting them up on a blind date. Yeah. So you go through this like video exhibit and then you're supposed and the to wi- meet up. the women go through exhibit Ugh. where it's just tv screens everywhere yeah. of like men's mouths and abs and the mouths are saying like you i want to love you i want to be with you and then the men's version is just like naked women all over the place and then the artist who this is is like this skeevy he's got a goatee and like long hair and he's wearing a white button-down shirt it's a tuxedo shirt though so it has like the frilly things in the middle and he starts making out with one of the women that's in the the friend group and while he's doing that Another woman kind of turns the corner, starts staring at them and unbuttoning her blouse. Yeah. So he was like, he t- we'll call her, let's call her Karen. He's like, listen, Karen, I'm going to get this girl. I'll start making out with her. I need you come up and just start unbuttoning your blouse. And we're going to have a threesome 
in the middle of my art exhibit. Like, yeah, what is the plan, very dude? Very presumptuous. Like, <laughs> Doesn't seem like he ever ran this by Lily or yeah. anything, if she was into it. Yeah, Lily's like, what is she doing here? Yeah. And who I'm going to call Karen is just like, I'm just going to keep unbuttoning and staring. Yeah. And it's like, well, you know, she's she's here too. And he, she's like, ah, oh, you know, Lily's like, screw you, whatever. And of course, Killer shows up and like stabs her down a stairwell real quick. He, like, uh, no, he shoots a, Oh, he, he shoots, shoots arrows. Arrow he's got some great aim. So he shoots three <laughs> oh arrows into God. her. And the force of the arrow is so intense where she um, crashes through the exhibit wall and then flips over the banister and crashes. Out a door. She goes out a door down a staircase. into a dumpster. That so, perfectly shuts after she goes As in. it would. Yeah. yeah. So that's a pretty crazy scene. Yeah. And um, around then is when they go see the detective then. They see the detective, yeah. And that's when he is just pulling all the moves um, inappropriately on page. So after they meet with the detective, the de detective shows them like a digital rendering and then it's like, it could you know, here's what he might look like. And this is at what point I realized who the killer really was in the movie. You figure it out. Yeah. Well, Cause uh, during this, the detective All right, spoiler, goes, who's the killer, Frank? It's David Boreanaz. Yeah. It's, uh, even Kate's, though his name is Adam well, in the movie, Adam, but yeah. he changed Jeremy Melton changed his name. At and that point up. in the movie, Jason Marquette, the blind date that Katherine Heigl went with is already on the radar. So like, you know, they're going to find him. He's also at the art thing too. He's just there being weird. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they're going to like pick him up and the detectives like, who could it be? And they go through one by one. And the one, the one person that we are supposed to as viewers, like cross off our list is Kate's boyfriend, Adam. I know him. We worked for the same paper. He's from Seattle. His parents are dead. Like whatever. She sets that up. They show the digital renderings and the, and the detectives like, but, you never know with plastic surgery, he might totally, he might look totally different. Lauren at that point was like, yeah, I think it's, I think it's Kate's boyfriend. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was just so obvious. Yes. Yeah, so we leave that. And Should then... we just fast forward to the party? Yeah. Let's just like, <laughs> so <keep> <laughs> basically like there, a whole bunch of movie happens and we finally get to the Valentine's day. Actually, party. before we get to the Valentine's, <laughs> so it's all is leading to the big Valentine's day party. But before we get there, Kate and Adam exchange Valentine's day gifts. Do you remember how lame this is? I don't even remember this scene. Okay, so you probably like zoned out already. You were just like, <laughs> I can't get through this yeah. any longer. Adam gives Kate a lollipop. Now, they are in their, what, late 20s? Almost 30? Yeah. He gives her a lollipop for Valentine's Day. Okay. No, not okay. You don't give someone a lollipop at that age for Valentine's Day. Well, and here's the other thing. That she, do you remember what she gives him? She gives him a piece of no, paper. No, Joe. No, I don't remember what she, she gives him. Oh, man. Well, let me tell you. <laughs> she writes on a receipt, I-O-U dot 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 T-L-C. Oh, yeah. That's her gift to him. Mm -hmm. Like, who are these people? This is absurd. The crazy thing, though, is they have dated, right? Like, I assume, at least, that they've had a sexual relationship in the past. When they start dating again in this movie after, you know, Boreanaz supposedly, like, cleaned up his drinking act, she finally, she's like, hey, you want to go upstairs? And he's like, I don't want you to regret this tomorrow. I don't want your impulse now to be a regret tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And they wow, don't Wow, you almost recited that line better than he did. I'm that, just like, are you David Boreanaz? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, hey, yes. anyway. Oh, um, we also, there's a couple before the party. We get 
get a little bit of Campbell and Dorothy living together. Dorothy and Campbell are in bed. And this is, except for maybe the scene that Paige has later with her uh, video date, the closest anybody gets to, uh, you know, getting getting there in this movie. Yeah. No, nobody hooks up in this entire movie that's about a bunch of women that are like, trying to find someone and trying to you know valentine's day sort of uh maybe it's kind of refreshing in a way though like they don't have to rely on just like nudity or like these common (laughs) horror tropes listen when a movie is this boring i'm usually looking to be bailed out by some some distraction something yeah yeah but uh so he they don't they don't get it on because he can't get it going and he he ends up like down in the pool and you hear him on the phone. It sounds like he's committing some sort of financial fraud, like trying to move money no, around is, in like a yeah. trust fund or something. And Dorothy buzzes down to him like, hey, the pilot light went out on the burner. We don't have any hot water in the main house. Can you go light the pilot light? He is so angry that Dorothy asked him to light the pilot light. He smashes his cell phone on the ground. Just like. I mean, would you want to light a... <laughs> Light a pilot he light. He goes and lights the pilot light. Which yeah. have you ever lit a pilot light? You get down on one no. knee, you light a light, you put a match or another thing, goes poof, and then he you're really good to go. struggles with the task. It, well, yeah, it takes him two matches. He lights it and he goes, Well, that's he says something like, Well, that's worth a Porsche. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, this guy Campbell is is a lives yeah. in a different world than I. That's yeah. for sure. Then he gets it, he gets an axe to the back. Yeah, um, yeah. Down in the boiler room and then in, in kind of the But sauna that's the area. thing, it's like, okay cool i don't care like you weren't an interesting character i don't feel any attachment to you disposable it just didn't matter to me did (laughs) not matter um so we finally get to the big valentine's the rager that uh dorothy's putting on and she's like oh where's campbell dorothy could not be more distraught that campbell is not there she crushes an entire place of buffalo wings i actually think dorothy is probably the most interesting somewhat realized character here because you can sort of see where she's coming from like she's always felt like a bit of an outsider with her group of friends and not that there's a lot to do with the role but i feel like you know jessica capshaw who plays her does do her best with kind of creating this <laughs> this character and, and exploring her layers so yeah I, she just sure she just wants to be love she just wants you know someone to like her because she's always felt like such an outsider and she thought Campbell was the guy, not knowing and not refusing to believe that he's just using her. But then Campbell's ex, like victim, pretty much he targeted oh, for her financial money. dating. She crimes. shows up and marches through to the party <laughs> and gets kicked out by Dorothy. And it's like you're wearing my necklace. <laughs> yeah, which by the way, when Dorothy got the necklace from Campbell, she's like, "Oh, it's so beautiful. That thing was nasty. That <laughs> I was, couldn't even tell what it was. It was an uh, angel. It was, uh, an was it, angel. Was it a cupid or something? Yeah, it was a cupid angel. God, Not man. anything. This that movie special. doesn't recycle tropes. Jesus Christ. Anyway, so the party's going on. One thing I want to say about this party is like this party. This party's a ripper. This house is packed, and it is featuring late '90s, early 2000s, like a who's who of the new metal scene. Mm. I looked at the soundtrack to so this who movie. Is featured? It's like the Deftones, Static X, Disturbed, uh, Lincoln Park. Who is playing uh, Disturbed? <laughs> but this is before like the ooh wah song. Like this is this is you know early 2000s. SNL actually made a skit about the soundtrack of this movie. Because at this time, like, a, really? a lot of those artists who, like, weren't 
who yeah. like now we know their names like now we know who lincoln park is and yeah. now we know who you know a lot of these people are but at the time it was just like a bunch of nobody new new metal bands it was like an ad for a cd and it was like music available from the movie valentine and it was just a bunch of made-up band names that sounded ridiculous because all the band names on the soundtrack are are very That's very silly hilarious yeah um so they're at this party and oh my god can we talk about the page scene yet can we get there because yeah. this is my number two let's, ranking on the worst scenes of this movie let's get page is dancing alone at the party and finds i can't remember is this the guy from speed dating or the guy from video dating uh, oh, because they all look the same. Yeah, they're all basically nondescript chads. white guy. Yeah, he just... shows up, and it's it's one of those guys because she recognizes him. Yeah, and he walks up to her and says something like, "I like the way you move," and she was like, "Why don't you come a little closer?" They start body grinding, <laughs> dancing yeah. to some Marilyn Manson featuring Soulfly or whatever yeah, the hell, so... whatever the hell is on. And then he Love says, music. "I'd rather take this upstairs. I have a surprise for you." Mm-hmm. Uh, Denise Richards is in. They go upstairs, and his move at that point is, I'm going to take my drawers off, show you my ding-dong. Like, mm-hmm. he just yeah. drops trowel and, you know, let, lets it all hang out. Real gentleman. And she's like, your surprise is your penis. Yeah. And I'm like, Paige, listen, what did you think his surprise was? You yeah. danced together for a half a song. He invites you upstairs because he likes the way you move, and then he disrobes. What did you expect? That like, yeah. I'm not saying like he you you know he's entitled to have sex with you or anything, but like he was gonna show you he knew, his penis. He knew there was like, be, that's where we were headed. There was gonna be some hanky panky going <laughs> yeah. on upstairs, and not... then she, I guess, maims his genitalia then because she ties him to the bed and pours hot wax on his jaw. Well, because he uses the term, "I want you to wax it." <laughs> he says, and "Wax it, Paige." To her credit, she's like, "Ooh, I see candles and candle <laughs> oh wax." Oh my god. Let's wax it but maybe it not in the way so he wants bad. so she actually pours a dripping ah, hot candle he's his junk pretty great. Burn. so at that point she's like this party oh stinks God. i'm going into the she, hot tub okay i'm going with- think about this who in the middle of the biggest party of the year is like you know what i need to do Hot tub. <laughs> like, what, is, what is going yeah. on there? Would you have just left the party, you think? I don't know. Maybe go back to the party. Well, she goes Probably. back and she sees Kate. She's like, this party's lame, but I don't want to leave yeah. <laughs> necessarily, but let me go to the hot tub. Lurk in this hot tub. So yeah. this hot tub is what inspired our uh, water-based yeah. attack kill scene. It's a pretty wild scene. So she's in yeah. the hot tub. And actually, did you catch this in the opening scene of the movie? When Jeremy Melton asks a younger Paige to dance with her, to dance with him, she says, I'd rather be boiled alive. Dun, dun, dun. So you got some foreshadowing there. Because oh then, see, this movie is just so layers and Joe. <laughs> complex. Um, it all comes full circle. So she's in the hot tub. The killer comes in. There's a little searching for him. I, I hear some noise. Who is this? There's a rose that all of a sudden appears on the side of the mm-hmm. hot tub. And then he, um, the killer comes in and closes the, the see-through cover, which is interesting. Does not way. make sense. The do whole they, point of a hot, no, the whole point of a hot tub cover <laughs> yeah. is so that you can keep the hot tub hot, right? And but not have to run as much energy. So the top of hot tub covers are insulated. So clear hot tub covers only exist 
when you're trying to kill Denise Richard in a hot tub that's closed. They don't serve any purpose. They wanted to do a death scene in the hot tub and it was a way to make it work by having it. You know what my biggest issue with this scene is? So she ends up back in the hot tub. He closes it, clips it shut. So now he comes out with a drill. Like an automatic giant drill. Why is there a drill with a two and a half foot drill bit on it? Where do you keep yours? (laughs) You don't keep it by the hot tub? Right next to the hot tub for all that hot tub uh, drywall drilling. Yeah. It's like a foundation drill. Like So that. he's like piercing, the killer's piercing through the hot tub cover with this drill and she's it's avoiding simultaneously it. both like the worst scene in this movie and the best scene because he's drilling holes, she's dodging it, she's trying to, she, she's got like maybe an inch or two of water bet- before the ceiling of the thing so yeah. she's trying to actually breathe through the right. holes and he you know he finally gets a drill through there he gets her in the shoulder right. and then he's just like pops open the top throws yeah. the drill in <laughs> he like did all that work and then i guess he's just like all right i'm tired now <laughs> and, yeah, like a lot of effort it. to just like and pop then, the top open and be like yeah just electrocute her yeah and then she gets electrocuted and that's kind of how we say goodbye to Paige. so yeah. i mean out of all the deaths though it is a pretty it's like a entertaining one, I would say. It is. You know, it, it, is it, it keeps you on the edge of your seat to some extent. You're. It, it's different. I've never seen something like that. So, in, you know, well, as a result of Paige getting electrocuted in the hot tub, all the power goes out in the house. That's right. So all the guests leave except Paige or except Kate. And Kate's like, "Where are my friends? I got my friends before I leave." And it's just eerily quiet now. She is calling the detective. And here's the phone ringing outside, follows the noise and actually finds his severed head oh, yeah. in like a, his puddle, head's just like a pool outside. outside. But by the way, look nothing like him. I mean, yeah. other than her saying it's a detective, I would not have known that was like, his head. Me There's and you, no compare or no um, resemblance whatsoever. Like me and you, with like an afternoon, afternoon, and some clay and maybe some paper mache, could make a better detective. Yeah. Creepy head. So anyway, so then it's the final kind of series of, of events where you know Kate is roaming through the house trying to figure out what's going on. She sees Adam. Adam is just like mysteriously pops up out of nowhere and has been hanging out the whole time. And she starts to suspect it's him. She like bashes him with a. She know, hits him with a champagne bottle. Yeah. He also starts saying weird stuff. Like he's like, he's starting to say like very killerish stuff. And she's like, oh my God. Like, maybe it what's is going him. on? And then all of a sudden she's like at the top of a staircase and the killer, like. The body of the killer falls on her. Falls out. They tumble down the stairs and they're both on the ground. And then the killer gets up and then gets shot multiple times in the body. Kate looks up and it was Adam, David Boreanaz's character, that shoots the killer. So they're like, oh my gosh. And this is what... I do give the movie some credit. Usually when the killer's dead and the mask is on, they don't want to go near the killer. They don't want to see who it is. They rarely unmask it. And I was like, oh, great. They actually take the mask off in that moment, um, and they realize that it's Dorothy under the mask. But is Dorothy really the killer? No, because then there's this embrace <laughs> afterward. We're like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe Kate's like, I'm so sorry that I ever doubted you. I've loved you all along, yada, and yada. And Adam gets a nosebleed. And then, yeah, and just like drops of blood fall on her cheek. Um, so what what happened here? Somehow Adam th- dresses Dorothy up, who's not dead. Adam staged all this. So there, he, there's no like, does Dorothy get like blackout drunk at some point? Like, how does he get Dorothy into the killer outfit? I think he must have drugged her, or he somehow you know uh, 
subdued her in whatever way to get her into the outfit. Heaven forbid you think about this movie for more than a second, right? The Again, the premise is that Adam and Kate dated for some period of time. They worked together. Mm-hmm. They stopped dating when his drinking got a little out of control. And I've started... This is the longest slow play to murder a friend group in cinema history. Like, yeah. it, like what? And he doesn't murder Kate because out of all the girls in the beginning of the movie that turned down Adam, Kate was the one that said, maybe I'll dance with you later. So she kept it open-ended, and that's why I guess he did not kill her off because, you know, she wasn't cruel to him. So moral of the story is be nice to people. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. You never know who may come back and hold a grudge. Um, I know how this movie does not hold up, but a part of me will still defend it. Because for just for just nostalgic reasons, because it's such a it's such a I don't know important movie in a way from my youth where I, I yeah. really enjoyed it for some reason I don't know why now but <laughs> I did for whatever reason so I want to defend it on those grounds but overall I mean it's just it's pretty lame seeing it for the first time at you know thirty one years old eighteen years after it came out. I, I gotta say this review from Ben Folk of the BBC, who gave it two out of five stars, which I would call super generous, <laughs> perfectly encapsulates how I feel about this movie. Yeah. Here's his review. Let's face it, we all know what's going to happen, and Director Blanks offers few surprises. There's a host of red herrings, of which none really bite, creative deaths, girls running around screaming, and then being incredibly thick, but a distinct lack of gratuitous nudity, which would have at least brightened up the landscape. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, that uh, wouldn't bring the landscape for me personally. Yeah, maybe not for you. But, uh, but depends uh, on the audience. Ben uh, Falk, here, here. I'll drink to that. Yeah. So the, the only like behind the scenesy things I I found about this movie, I guess it was it had a twenty nine million dollar budget and they made thirty six seven, so they they did not make very much money on they didn't it. Do that well. Tara Reed was initially going to play the Dorothy role, uh-huh. and Jennifer Love Hewitt was initially going to play the Page role interesting that is the literally the only interesting behind that the scenes is very interesting movie. and they all went on to do different horror movies a little bit before this time yeah Tara right Reed around the was same in time. urban legend mm-hmm. um all right so that's valentine for you and a scare are they now yeah for this movie um is denise richards oh, so really? she um we know her from wild things we know her as one of the bond girls mm-hmm. from uh james bond She's been doing some movie and TV roles, but her latest role, I don't know if you knew this, is becoming a housewife on the reality show Real Housewives. I was about to say, she got in a reality TV, Beverly Hills. So she jumped on the reality bandwagon, and she's doing that. She was married to Charlie Sheen for a while? She was married to Charlie Sheen for a period of time, has two kids with him. So she's still acting, but now she's diving into reality TV a Mm. bit. Yeah, um, so that's that's where Paige is now. All all that's left when the uh, when roles like Paige and Valentine dry up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I that, guess we'll real quick we'll do our questions. Was it yeah. scary? Would you recommend it? Scary? No. Recommend it? Yes, <laughs> because it's so much fun to make fun of. If you're yeah. with the right crowd and in the right frame of mind, this could be a very fun movie. Yeah. Just because there's so much material to just destroy and have a good time laughing at. Mm-hmm. Um, don't I don't recommend it because it's a you know a, a great uh, cinematic achievement by any means or that it's scary, 
but it's entertaining and it's more so just fun to make fun of. Yeah, I, obviously for me, not scary. And there are plenty of popcorn junk food late 90s early 2000s slasher movies that like you can skip this yeah there are there are other ones that while they might not be good movies they're certainly better than this one Um, well thanks for humoring me i appreciate you uh this is what friendship is sometimes uh you go down a road with your buddy that you know well it's time you never get back (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah that's not it's only 96 minutes though you lost yeah yeah um all right so for the next episode we're doing nightmare on elm street i mean we say that but we'll see what happens (laughs) i i'm not gonna hold this to it yeah check us out on instagram thanks for listening thanks everyone happy valentine's day happy valentine's day cheers follow me i want to show you something i pulled a file photo and i ran some enhancements Here we go. That's him. Right. But know anybody that looks like this? Or this? Or this? Or this? Brown contacts, blue, green, beard, goatee, mustache. Ten years is a long time. And that's not counting the possibility of plastic surgery. Do you have any more recent pictures of him? If we did, don't you think we'd be looking at them?